All right, you are now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 147, and the NBA is back after many meetings and deliberations and Barack Obama coming in to save the day. The NBA will resume playoffs as of today. The Western Conference is still up in the air. The Eastern Conference playoffs are set. Drew makes a bold statement on who he's got against Milwaukee. And we played horse today, guys. We got to tell you the story. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. Excuse me. I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you are at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 147. It is a beautiful, sunny Saturday morning in San Clemente, California. Yep. We got a good day of basketball today. We got Drew back (laughs) on the court. Yeah. We went out and shot hoops today with our boy Douchebag John, who we talk about on on the show often. Yep. We played some horse. Yeah, I was the big loser today. I didn't win one, but that's okay. I haven't I haven't touched a basketball and actually shot on a rim in over a month. And, and you look good. Like the shot was still there. Oh, it's like riding a bike, man. Yeah. That shit. The, the form will never leave me. You know, my body may deteriorate, <laughs> but the form will never leave. Um, I did try to do a a reverse layup, just in passing, and I was shocked at the lack of of height. And and distance that I got on my jumping ability, I feel like I almost tore something as well. That, so I had to I had to calm it down real quick. It wasn't as bad as Douchebag John's jelly though. That was that's yeah, pretty bad. You you have a point. I'm a little frustrated at the way you you kind of officiated it today though. Well, look, you man. took big sides, bro. Look, listeners, when you play horse, okay, you call your shot, you do it like the guy before you does it. You can't modify how you do it. If I bounce it off my knee. And then go into a jump shot. That's what you have to do. The reason that I, I sided with John, some of the stuff has nothing to do with basketball. Like you, you tried to kick a ball. I over did kick your, a ball. Yes, I'm saying you kick a ball over your head, and then you go into a layup. And John is, as we know, he's more peanut butter than he is jelly. He's not, you know, he's not soccer coordinated. Right. So he kicked it. It didn't go exactly over his head, but he was still able to complete the shot. And I'm gonna give it to him, bro. I mean, it is what it is. Like, no, I'm not with that. I just, I think he tried his best. He d- <laughs> and it, and the, and the the key to the horse is making the shot. Yes. it's not necessarily the kicking portion. Although I understand your point. You know, if we do a turnaround jump shot, you have to do the turnaround. Mm-hmm. You can't just shoot the shot. Like I get it. Uh, but either way, I was the worst one today. No, you were good. I mean, I didn't like how I was set up behind you, and you were you were hitting threes. My long game is off. That's definitely it, yeah. It is what it is. Got to use those legs. Yeah, the long game's off. My follow through hand plug is a little weary. Not to mention, I only have four fingers on my right on my shooting hand. Well, you have five. I do have five. Yeah, one's a little wayward. Well, east eastbound and down. Yeah, I like to say that's right. That's right. Um, but it was fun to get out there, man. You got a little bit of a tan, tan going. Um, yeah, my version of a tan. I mean, what, we were out there for like an hour, mm-hmm. and my face is uh, is clipper red right now it is clipper red perfect it's, uh, it's my natural that's that's how it works though. the simple I mean, fact that drew and i lost two games to john is just it's wrong yeah okay we shouldn't have lost i got one john got two yep. off the same shot he shot the same shot 
just from different sides every single time. Look, in horse, I just think about the old McDonald's commercials with 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 Michael and Larry, you know, off off the off the ceiling, through the window, bounce once. I'm all about bringing yeah. a little flavor to the game, bro. Yeah, no, I know. And then uh, John and I are not. We are just about <laughs> shooting jump shots and uh, trying to hope that they go in. But, yeah, I, w- I felt good out there. It was great to get on the court and actually, like I said, be able to, to grab a ball, dribble a little bit. And there was a tennis around. argument between between the oh. old the old and the young people we did. today. We had the old, the old generation out there was not looking – I mean, they were looking on the same level athletically that I was portraying, so I can't really talk. But let's just say that they were playing one-on-one tennis and it was not looking very uh, competitive, competitive mm-hmm. I, I guess. And And – Two younger guys just pulled up with their rackets and just kind of sat there and waited. I don't even think, from what I could tell, I didn't even think the young guys said anything. I think they just sat there and waited, and the old guys got all, like, ruffled feathers. And I just, I remember seeing the one of the old guys, like, bring this piece of paper out of his bag and, like, walked up to the younger people. He was probably people. telling them that the, he had the court. He had the court reserved, mm-hmm. and he printed out the thing. I don't. They, I don't see the the reason for having to do that. It's not like they were trying to get on the court and like move them out. They were just sitting there waiting, waiting for their time. Yeah, right. And I don't know. It's just, old people in San Clemente. Dude. I just think people in general. You know, there's a lot of shit going on. It's just people are just have. They're kind of at the end of their ropes. You know, so even minor things become fucking arguments and disagreements now. <laughs> well, the big news is that uh, we we dropped pause. Yes, today did we drop pause episode one forty six? It was last night. Last night, uh, this is one forty seven. Uh, the players, you know, we were a little concerned going into these meetings. What was going to come out of the meetings? And um, it seems like they did everything they could possibly do. The players finally agreed. After again, I want I want to say something. I don't know who to believe. Like when it comes to breaking news, right? Yeah. Like it's very I, difficult. It is, and I, I said to somebody last night, like if I, if I don't hear it from Woj or Stephen A, like I'm just not buying it. So there was a lot of a lot of stuff coming out of these meetings. There was this narrative of of Patrick Beverly was interrupting what's my girl's name Michelle Roberts Michelle Michelle Roberts the labor she's the uh, uh, the head of the labor agreement or the labor no that's that's Mike Michael uh, is she I think her technical role is like VP operations okay. for the NBA I think she handles most things for the players association. Like she's the go-between between between Mm -hmm. the league and the players association. Okay. So there is this, you know, a lot of tweets came out saying Patrick Beverly stood up and, you know, kind of disrespected Michelle and said, uh, you know, I pay your salary. A lot of people were frustrated in the meetings. The Clippers and the Lakers supposedly uh, walked out of the meeting and and there was a few meetings. So the first meeting, yeah, it's hard to pinpoint what meeting, what meeting was it a zoom was Barack Obama there like we we're trying to figure all this stuff out. Well, Barack definitely showed up with it was Le, between LeBron, Chris Paul and Barack. They called Barack for his his opinion on what they should do. And coming out of that meeting with Barack is when they said, "You know what? We should probably play." And so what they came up with was I think pretty awesome. So the commitments from the NBA and the MBPA is they're going to establish a social justice coalition featuring reps from players, coaches and governors. That was that was one of them. Um, they're going to, this is the best one. They're going to convert team arenas into voting locations for the 2020 elections. Smart. And I'm sure that players, uh, on that squad will make sure that everybody knows that this is going to be a voting place for you to vote. Yeah. It's 30 new locations, which is great, which is great. Yeah. Right. And then they're going to create advertising spots during the playoffs that promote civil engagement in local and national elections. Right. 
just to be proactive in voting. And I think that's huge, right? Huge. And, and I think there were some other, you know, underlining issues that they had. But what are your thoughts on that, man? You know, I thought it was uh, summed up beautifully by Doc Rivers, the Clippers coach. Who has been very vocal during this time. And a lot of players had said that they've been looking to Doc for advice as well. And I love it. Yeah. The quote that I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have it right in front of me. But the quote that I saw earlier today was that it was something along the lines of, you know, the NBA doesn't have to change the world, but the NBA is a part of the world and needs to be involved in, in the things that are going on in the world. Like it's not, I, I, I still think that there's a little bit of that whole shut up and dribble thing. And, and that goes for all sports, not just the basketball, right? Cause the dribbling obviously associates with basketball, but I think football players, baseball players, all the, all the professional athletes are just looked at as athletes and, and not necessarily always looked at as, Regular people just in the world, just like you and I. Regular 22-year-old, 30-year-old people. Right. That that have, you know, their own families, their own things that they that they need to handle. And, of course, they live in the world just like you and I do. Now, it might be a little different for most of them. I mean, we don't have millions of dollars in the bank. But I think it's great. I, I This is the stuff that when, you know, we talked a little bit about it on the last one. But, like, this is the kind of actions that I was expecting out of the league. And to be quite honest, this is this is fantastic news. Like, thirty more places for people to go and vote is is awesome, especially in today's day and age when people are calling into question the validity of mail-in ballots and all, and all that stuff. And there's been fewer and fewer places throughout the nation where you actually can go and place your vote. To have thirty more locations throughout this country, I think, is awesome. And and the focus should be on using. The, the the rights that we are given under this nation to go out and voice your opinion and, and elect who you want or vote for who you want to be elected for any position, not just the president. And I think that's the bigger thing here too, though, is that I know the focus for voting and all that stuff is coming right now as, as we get closer and closer to November with the presidential election. But it's all those other votes for local government and city council, uh, you know, your, your senators, your, your Congress people, your governor, all those votes, I think, also kind of get swept under the rug. It's easy for us to go, oh, every four years is when I vote. Mm. But really, it should be a lot more frequently than that. And I hope that especially the youth in our nation gets more activated than this and decides to not only vote, but maybe even take the next step and get involved in your local government, get involved in some organizations that you want to see um, help establish and maintain sustainable change for this nation i i think that the players and the teams are going to be really involved in this voting process too like it'd be you know it would get me out to go vote if i knew that lou williams and Kawhi are going to be there too like helping people showing people how to vote you know what i mean uh kind of like how you know players do you know like Kawhi leonard's going to be at home depot the today, meet and greet. Yeah, yeah the meet and greet i think having the teams really involved I, I think it's big for the NBA, and I, I really like where they're going with this. You know, I said on the last show that like at two days ago, it's like I didn't care, right? I really didn't care like the outcome, and of, of course I wanted to see more basketball, um, and we're going to get more basketball. But the weird thing was Stephen A. came out last night and said that in that final meeting where they with the players, this is how it was. It was like every team left in the bubble – um, had two representatives. The Lakers had four that showed up, but everybody else had two. Every owner was on was on the line with the call, and 
they settled on what they were going to do. All right, we're going to play. They settled it. Everybody's ready to, to dip. And then LeBron gets up and takes the mic and goes on a 15-minute kind of like, uh, I, again, I wasn't there, so I don't know the tone. But what, what Stephen A. said was the tone was very like speaking downish, And like the quote was, he was referring to other players in the NBA, the guys beneath me, right? Like that was the quote. And it rubbed a lot of players the, young, uh, the, the wrong way. Um, and Stephen A. was very vocal about that. He said some people were really pissed off, and it's because this generation of players isn't the same, isn't the same, right? These guys are ready to go out and fight for what they believe in. We're seeing it from Jamal Murray, from Jalen Brown, you know, a lot of a lot of these guys. Yeah. So he rubbed some people the wrong way. And when we discussed it today, when we were hooping, you were kind of like, "Well, that's kind of like how LeBron is." Yeah, I you know I think it's interesting because context always plays a lot into like if you take a speech that was given and you just put the text out on Twitter or Instagram, there's words and phrases that can be taken out of context that seem harsh or, or, you know, a little bit indifferent about certain aspects. And I think something that may have been lost in that is, is in regards to what LeBron is saying about people beneath him. Now, if, if that's actually truly what LeBron meant and meant like, the players that are worse than me or the players that aren't on my level, then okay, then that's what he meant. And I'm not surprised to hear that LeBron thinks that he's the best player in the league or one of, he should think that he is, but it's that, it's that kind of uh, degradation of those other players that he, he could have said the players coming after coming us. after me. And so right. when he, when I, the reason, the, the thing that I'm trying to get to is like the beneath me thing could have been like a reference to age because mm-hmm. LeBron's like the second oldest player in the NBA behind Udonis Haslam. Mm-hmm. So like it could have just been, he just, he said that phrase beneath me accidentally because this is, this seemed like very much off the top speech for LeBron. And he doesn't always do the best speeches when it comes off the top. I think he does his best um, when he actually has something practiced and rehearsed and something thought through thought out. Mm-hmm. and then he can deliver his message. I think when he goes off top, that's when you can get into these super elongated kind of roundabout conversations that don't necessarily lead anywhere. And it seemed like, especially with the positioning, as we heard with the positioning of LeBron's speech, this could have been something that was brought up in the beginning of the meeting that may have had more purpose and more, um, I don't know, more context. But for him to do it after everyone had already agreed on what was going to happen and the and the path forward, and then take the mic, they say that he like took the went up and like took the mic, yeah, and kept going on. I, it. So that's the thing that's surprising to me. But uh, I'm again, LeBron, as we know, has viewed himself as the chosen one for years. He calls himself the king. Like this is king this should, me. This should not be surprising to right. anybody if they're like, oh, LeBron. Wait, LeBron thinks he's better than most players in the NBA. Fucking yeah, he does, and he is. I yeah. mean, so look. I would have loved to hear it. I, 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 you know, maybe we one of these days we'll get a leak of that. I don't think any players are going to have that recording. But shit, with with the way that Shams is reporting shit left and right, who knows? Maybe someone will, will try and sell a dubbed he, tape to Shams and he'll put it out there. But, but even would, Sham, even Sham reported fake news. Though. That's my point. Is because right after that was when he dropped some news about Patrick Beverly talking sideways to Michelle Roberts, and that supposedly was completely false. I just looked on his Instagram, mm-hmm. Shams, and it's, that post is nowhere to be seen. Oh, see? so And you know what, dude? We're, we're victim of it, too. Uh, we, we talk about it often, but just like we, we also want to get the news out first, and we believe in sh- like what Shams is telling us is the real deal, what Woj is telling us is the real deal. But like 
and it was Clipper players, but Patrick Patterson and uh, Zubak both said like that did not happen. Patrick, right. there was nothing about that that happened. I'm sure Pat was vocal and maybe asked questions about it, but saying like I pay your salary didn't happen. So and he did take it down. So that's interesting. Yeah, well, at least I don't know about his Twitter, but mm -hmm. at least on Instagram is where he usually reposts all of his big Twitter bombs. Mm -hmm. uh, it's nowhere to be found on his Instagram page right now. So anyway, I think the thing that I'm getting to also is that like the validity of what Stephen A has heard has to be called into question because Stephen A wasn't there. Right. And of course, we assume given Stephen A's reputation and his, you know, just his crazy long career that he's had that. The sources that he is, is getting this information from are, are solid. But we, we don't know. I mean, I, I don't know make that, up shit. I will <laughs> say this, though. Stephen A is very uh, – he picks and chooses what, he's, what he tells the audience. You know what I mean? Like, if he didn't think that this was real right. and, uh, at 100%, he wouldn't have reported it. And it was a four-minute video, which Instagram wouldn't let me repost, which was wild. Disney took it down. Like, first take had it up. And then I put it up because I thought it was really great. I wanted our, our, our people that follow our page and our show to hear it. And they, they took it down. So I, I think there's more validity to what Stephen A says because you know he wanted to break that bomb too. That's a big bomb to drop. Well, it's a big deal if mm -hmm. he had that story and nobody else did. Well, people but my point is, is like if Stephen A is the only one with that story uh -huh. and Woj doesn't say anything about it and Shams doesn't say anything about it, I have to call into question whether or not it was real. Okay. And and just like the way that Shams posted that sideways shit on mm. Pat Bev, Woj didn't say anything about that. Mm -hmm. Stephen A didn't say anything about that. So again, you know, I really it's Woj for me. I follow yeah. what what Woj says. Mm -hmm. If there's any guy that's the most calculated about his posts, it's that guy, and and the stories that he breaks. Um, and so that's that's who I ride with at this point. <laughs> if, if Woj says it, I take it as gospel. I'm with that. Um, playoffs. I mean, we have games. Yeah, games are back. Hey, I want to say something, dude. Whoever's making the Clippers freaking schedule, okay? Can you can you just holler at me before you make it? I work one day a week, okay? I have to work one day a week on Sunday afternoons, guys, okay? And to put these freaking games at twelve thirty in the afternoon for me is a killer. Okay? Well, it's it sucks because it would have happened on Thursday, and presumably the series could have been over. Yes. By then, and we would have been on to the next round, and and it had the schedule gone. According to plan, you might you might have actually had to wait a couple days and not play until um, Denver and Utah is done. So who knows, though? It is hilarious that now two Sundays in a row that your team ends up playing. <laughs> and it was so bad last Sunday, guys. It was a great game. It, it was, was an amazing game. I was upset at all of my friends because I – okay, there's a part – I say I want to turn off my phone, but I can't. If there is yeah, an emergency – No. So the fact that I – I mean, I, I, I will be at my place of employment till 3 p.m., right? One day a week, and I just can't get it at the time that I need it to be. Yeah. So tomorrow is going to be a very tough day for me. The people that have to work with me are really upset that they have to work with me during a Clipper playoff game. But I'm going to do my best yep. to come home and watch the game in solitude like I like to do. Very good. But I don't think it's going to happen. Like I'll, I, I, I'll try. And, I mean, it, it would be great for you to just shoot a text to the group and say, hey, guys, I'm at work so that I don't have to help you with this. I mean, you... Your phone will be on. Just just text John before. Yeah, but then you guys have your own conversations with some bullshit about the game. Yeah, well, it's not it's not always about the Clipper game. You guys are already muted too. Like I put we, you guys on mute. We have we have discussions about whatever the fuck game is on, and and sometimes it's 
the Clipper game that's on. So that's that's what happens, man. All you guys do is talk shit about the Clippers in the group chat. That's all. Well, you guys mostly do. what I was doing was praising Luca and and his unbelievable performances, but. We have game six. Porzingis' leg injury turned into a torn meniscus, which is so shocking to us because it's like, okay, you literally sat out two games. You have doctors there saying it's a sore leg. Who the hell is giving the MRI? How do you not know that he has a torn meniscus? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I may, the only thing I can think of is like maybe there is not an MRI machine on the campus. Bullshit. Right? No, but I mean, it seems that that might be true. I mean, Dame had to leave the bubble Damian Lillard had to leave the bubble in order to get his knee checked out Rondo is back for the Lakers which is great but he had to leave the bubble to get his shit looked at so I I do think maybe if there's one thing that the, this Disney complex is missing it's a fucking MRI which would have been a great investment like mm -hmm. the NBA should have said hey we'll cover we'll cover the majority of that cost let's have an MRI available mm -hmm. so that these guys that are interested in looking at a knee injury and figuring out if they have something wrong or if it's just sore or doesn't feel right can determine that without having to leave the bubble quarantine and then come back and do all that stuff. So, but Porzingis turned out to actually be a significant injury, which explains his absence for the last two games. I'm surprised that it took as long as it did to get to that, the bottom of it, but he's definitely not available now. And the Clippers should handle business in, in this game or the next, without a doubt. Without spending, because we spend a lot of time talking about the Clippers, without spending too much time about it, um, Danny Green did an interview today, um, and he they asked him a question. The Lakers, Danny Green? Yeah, uh, did an interview today, and they asked him a question about Paul George and like basically what he was saying about having anxiety and being depressed in the bubble and whatnot. And Danny completely went to Paul George's side and said, yeah. like, look, this is difficult, okay? You're away from your families. When you have a bad game, the whole world lets... And Dan Danny said, I know better than anybody. Well, yeah. Okay? Well, just as much as Paul, anyway. J except he's not a superstar, but yes. Well, uh, the Lakers... There was a, a portion of the Lakers fans that signed a petition to remove Danny Green from the Lakers. So that's what... <laughs> okay? And so what he said was like, we play this game... And when we have bad games, the whole world lets us know. But now, instead of going home to our families, we go back to our hotel rooms and we're on social media. And you're watching Sports Center totally. or whatever, and it's just and, there. And he referred to it as bullying, right? And we, we it's it sounds so like juvenile to say that it's bullying because these are grown men making a lot of money and that's what people say and it gives people the the right to bully you know all these foul shit that that was said about paul george for three days you're still human right yep and being paul george like you're expected to perform at some kind of level but just like everybody else if you're not performing you know me and you our boss would tell us you know, Drew, you need to step it up a little bit. Now Nobody else gives a shit or knows. No, yeah, or knows. But now the whole <laughs> world who who is a sports commentator and knows everything about right, sports right. and is going to dissect Paul George's jump shot, why he's not performing well. Anyways, I thought it was really cool because Danny Green's like, look, it happens. And you do go through this shit. And it takes your teammates that you're with in the bubble to motivate you and get you to perform where you need to be. And we saw in that game Paul George just come out and dominate. So – Moving forward, I think the Clippers are gonna. I want to finish this tomorrow. I think. Luke, I think they will. Okay. I, yeah, I don't. I you know I've been wrong about the Dallas team. Same. I, I, I mean, if anyone out there was gonna call that Luca was gonna have the performance that he's had, bravo to you, man. You're you're a fucking fortune teller, and you should go you go buy a lottery ticket right now. Mm -hmm. There was no fucking way on planet Earth you would have thought that coming off to a high ankle sprain that he was gonna drop a crazy triple double and a buzzer beater went like step back three to win the goddamn game. And, you know, shit, far be it for me to say he can't do that again. 
So shit, he if, can. He, if he does it again, then maybe you won't win game six mm-hmm. uh, because that's really hard to stop. Uh, but the likelihood of that is just not, it's just not realistic. Now, that, now especially after game five, the Clippers are just going to double him whenever they can. The trap worked. Yeah, it's going to work. They, they, they know he's their what only option. What does Carlisle option. come back with, though? If that worked, like what does Carlisle as a coach, like how do then you adjust then to it that? Has to be, it has to be spacing and, and positioning on the floor for the, other, for the other players. Like if Tim Hardaway's guy is the guy that goes and leaves him and goes to trap Luka, the position of that individual and then the rest of the other three players on the court has to be predetermined. So this is something that Houston did really, really well in that positioning where uh, people started to trap James Harden, right? After he was going off, right? And then they just started the small ball thing and they just go, fuck it. We're going to trap James Harden. We're going to let Russell Westbrook shoot 18 footers. There's going to be a version of that that has to come from uh, Carlisle and, and the Dallas team to just get the shooters in spots where they can catch and shoot. And Luca, as we know, is one of the best passers in the NBA. So he'll be able to handle the pressure. He should be able to handle the pressure and find the open guy for an open three or a swing to a guy right under the basket or another swing to a a corner three that should be open. So that's the idea is that you just need to know, Luca especially has to know where those guys are going to be when the trap comes so that he knows immediately where he can get the ball to without even having to like really look and search for it. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't see them getting out of this series. I don't see them winning the game tomorrow, but who knows? I mean, that's the beauty of the game, right? It has to be played. Yeah. And I have to wait till fricking three 30 in the afternoon to watch it. after I get 150 text messages. I do want to say though, that especially going back to what you talked about with Paul George and Danny green and, and the whole, you know, bubble experience, we're actually going to get some more normalcy for these guys as they enter into the second round of these playoffs and the Eastern Conference is already there. The, the Bucks just won a couple minutes ago to, to finish their series. You get your family back. You're, you're able to bring, I don't now some of these guys have large families and not everyone will be able to come, but you're going to be able to bring that family into Orlando and have some sort of normal family life yeah, they get you it laid too which After, is great which yeah, is going to be yeah, perfect for all, for yeah all the dudes get their get their wives back um yeah that'll help so i think that'll help with some of the stress yes <laughs> yes um but that portion of it i think really will help guys that I are struggling too. i do too and just got every guy like any guys that are playing well like it having having some bit more normalcy in your life and being able to go home after a game or after practice and not have to think about basketball for a little bit. You can just be with your wife and kids and just hang out and see what they're doing and interact with them. And we um, see how important, like, LeBron. Yeah. We see a lot of LeBron's family, Chris Paul's family. Like, Giannis hasn't seen his son in two months. Like, they're going to be extremely excited. I think the energy level will be totally different. Yeah. Spending nine hours alone a day or 12 hours alone a day can really wear on you. Um, but spending it with the ones you love can really change your whole Definitely. outlook on the whole on the whole thing, yep. and motivate you a little more as well. Yep. So yeah, I think I think that'll be a warm welcome for all the all the players that still continue on through the playoffs. And I I can't imagine, you know, those guys being more excited than you know, obviously advancing, but also being able to have that back in their lives is going to be it's going to be huge. Uh, Damian Lillard left the bubble. Portland Lakers tonight should be a roll, right? Yeah, I'm hoping that this is another 20, 30 point win. They Portland has nothing now. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if they sit CJ because he's still dealing with a back problem. Um, yeah, sit him, dude. You're right. Like, why why risk it in making something that's a minor problem that he can play through? If if there is anything like 
truly wrong and he falls down and then is out for months, like that's the last thing you want as, as a Portland Trailblazers fan or, or part of the organization. So I wouldn't be surprised if we win significantly tonight. This is what I want then. I want Melo to go for 40 tonight. Though. <laughs> Let's let Melo get a 40 piece. My boy Hazonia. Okay, I want Hazonia. Everybody hates Hazonia. You want the, the one-two punch of Melo and Hazonia. Melo and Hazonia combined for 87 points tonight. That is my goal, okay? If that happens, we might lose. You might lose. But it, either way, it doesn't it doesn't matter because Dame's out of the bubble. He's not coming back. Nope. You know what I mean? It's uh, Kudos to Portland. You guys played your asses off. You guys really showed what kind of squad that you are and the leadership of Dame Lillard and just seeing Melo. Melo looks like he can play another five years. That's just what it, it, that's what it is. And if they didn't run into this injury thing that, that happened, that crept up on them mm-hmm. with Zach Collins and, and, and Dame and CJ and, and, you know, the list is long for them. Who knows, man? Uh, they were playing so fucking good. I mm-hmm. mean, we saw it. We saw what happened. Like, they, they took it to us in game one, and they were, they were playing great basketball. Right. So... You know, the road ends for all of us eventually uh, each season. Sometimes it ends with a championship. Most times it doesn't. But if you're a Portland Trailblazers fan, you have to be super proud of what this team did in these last two months. Uh, Russ is back tonight. Uh, Houston, OKC. Which is going to be fun. Right. Uh, that should be fun. He seems like, from all accounts, we've heard that he looks back to Russell-level explosiveness and all that, and which is fine to say in practice. We'll see what happens when he's out there on the court. But we know Russ. He 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 only has a gas pedal. He doesn't have a brake. So uh, they've been playing well without him. But they have until these last two games, yeah. where where OKC is starting to figure it out. So having him enter into the mix is going to be something that Oklahoma City is going to have to try and account for and adapt and adapt to. Um, so I'm I'm that's great. I'm excited to see him on the court. Um, I I really really want this series to go seven. That's my selfish side as a Lakers fan. I want to see as many games as possible out of this series before we have to roll into, into round two. I want LeBron and AD with their feet up for a couple days, not having to do shit. Um, but that game is on right now, and uh, should be should be a really good a really good game and a really good close of the series. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to see what comes out of this because I think who wins this game is going to win the series. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean that's it's a three game series, so they'll be one game closer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you made a bold statement before we turn on the microphones today. Yep, and I want you to say your bold statement because you you wanted to think about it, you wanted to ponder. Yeah, on I, this. I you know I I referred I, I I talked a little bit about this uh, at the back end of last pod, and uh, as we know, the Eastern Conference matchups are set: Boston and Toronto, and Milwaukee and Miami are now official. Um, I, I'm calling Miami with an upset victory in this series. Miami is going to take Milwaukee in six games. Miami is going to go four-two. Bold statement, guys. And they're going to upset the Bucks. And um, Giannis is eventually going to leave Milwaukee. That's that's what I'm calling. Wow. Yeah, all the way through. See, I I like the call because it can definitely possibly happen. This is what I see, though. I see like you have so much faith in Bam, right? I, see, I have faith in the in the entire Miami roster. Yeah, but, but especially in Bam. Okay, but I see Giannis getting in or Bam getting in foul trouble with Giannis. You yeah, know? that's possible. It is very possible. And if you don't take, forget my boy Kelly Olynyk. You yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> here we go. Give me Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> here we hey, go. Hey, look what Vooch did to to uh, Giannis in in Game One, mm-hmm. and Kelly Olynyk is not Vooch. No, he's not. But mm-hmm. he's like mini Vooch. 
Stop, bro. He does the same Do exact stuff. Do not hits. say that. He does the same exact stuff. He's like the same player. Oh, my he's God. He's a better three-point shooter than Vooch. Um, he's not a better rebounder than Vooch. I'll give you that. Needless to say, that was mostly a joke. I'm not relying on <laughs> Kelly Olynyk as okay. the reason that I'm picking Miami. Okay. Um, I, I do think, though, as I said earlier, um, this series will not be about Bam or Giannis. This series will be about everybody else on the court. I think just as much of an issue as, as Bam might give Giannis on the defensive side, I think the, the same goes the other way. Bam is not going to be able to score that much against Giannis. So I think his value really is going to be in defensive abilities. Rebounding is going to be huge for him. He's going to have to rebound the ball, which is something he can do, you know, regardless of who's around him. Um, but offensively, I think it's going to be about him setting really good screens and, and making good passes and kind of running the offense, pulling Giannis away a little bit from the basket, have him run a kind of the way that Jokic runs a little bit for Denver at the top of the key. And then just having Jimmy and, and Robinson and Dragic and, and Crowder and Iggy and all these different great players that they have that can shoot the ball the, the more that they can draw Giannis away from the rim, they, you know, Milwaukee still has Brooke Lopez, who's a great shot blocker. Uh, but the more that they can draw Giannis or Brooke Lopez away from the rim, the easier it is for Jimmy to get to the hole and finish and for Dragic to get to the hole and finish and, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. So, look, I'm, I won't be surprised if Milwaukee wins. It's, it has to be expected. The, the, the glimmer of hope and, and most of the reason why that I'm picking Miami is because of what happened in the regular season. Miami's the only Eastern Conference team to have a winning a winning record against two and one Milwaukee. Yeah, but that's they're the only team in the East that was able to do that this year to Milwaukee. But can they do it for seven games? That's the question. That is the question, and they really only have to do it for four. And that's that's the that's the thing I think they can do. I think they can pull four games out of this. Well, you heard it here first on the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew's take: Miami and six Miami against and six. the best team in the NBA, the 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 defending MVP probably. Double, double MVP, yeah, defensive probably. player of the year. Yep, and he's on a mission. What he did today, and again, it is Orlando, but fuck, this guy is so good. Yeah, and I expect him to do that same Great thing. Things. That's my. I think that's that's why also this series is going to be so much fun. Is because Giannis is going to do that. He's going to go for thirty-five and fifteen. Hey Miami, make Giannis shoot. How about yeah. that? That make him shoot. Let him shoot the threes. Yes, let I mean, him. He, shoot. He's smart enough. He doesn't always do that. But I think if you can get up, if a team can get up on Milwaukee he starts to go, well, maybe I can hit a three. Right. Maybe I can get us back in this game with a right. three. And that's really that's where Milwaukee goes completely sideways. Because when he's starting to pull up, you know, from not from the corners, mm. but when he's starting to pull up from the normal three-point line, mm. it's not pretty. Uh, still got the Denver-Utah series, which is going to be tomorrow too. Really interested in that. Jamal Murray did something today that I thought was really cool. Uh, in his, He had an interview, uh, his media time or whatever it was, and he walked to the podium and he put his two shoes down that had Breonna Taylor and George Floyd on uh, on the shoe. And he just set it there and he walked off the set, right? Nice. And he did it for two minutes. And then he came back and they asked him why he did that. And he said, that was only two minutes. You know, Floyd, eight, eight, minutes, eight minutes and 40, 46, seven, seconds. Yeah. 46 seconds. Yeah. And again, this is seeing these young folks doing exactly what they said they were going to be doing. And and this guy's been amazing. He's turned into a superstar in this in the bubble too. 
I'm really looking forward to that game tomorrow, which I'll have to see at 8 p.m. because I can't watch. You know, i got to watch the Clipper game first. <laughs> yeah. But I, I know it's going to be a long day for Clips tomorrow. Uh, I, I still I still think Denver's going to win this series. As much as I want Utah to win because I'd rather see Utah again, and we don't need to, to go too much further on this. But what do you, what do you got? It, to me, it's it's who has the hotter hand. That's I mean, that's the way this series is going, and and I, I'm talking about only four hands here, the two hands on Donovan Mitchell and the two hands on Jamal Murray. Yeah. Whichever one of these two cats catches the most fire in the fourth quarter wins the game, and that's that's the way it gone. It's gone. Jokic and Gobert are pretty much chalk. Yep, they're just kind of canceling each other out. And you know what? Michael Porter Jr. has been a a nice little bright light for for Denver in in some of these losing efforts. But that kid's going to have to start playing defense. Agreed. Um, they Utah has <laughs> a clearly identified anytime this kid's on the floor, Michael Porter Jr., they're just going at him. If it's Ingles, if it's Royce O'Neal, whoever it is that, that MPJ is guarding, they're putting their head down and going right at him. And Joe Ingles should it. not be getting buckets on Michael Porter. Joe Ingles gets buckets on everybody. He's so fucking good. He's fucking silky. He's smooth. I love that guy. I want him to be a Laker, but Utah's a good enough spot for him. Um, yeah, this series goes the way of Donovan Mitchell or Murray. Mm-hmm. Whoever's whoever's feeling it that day, that's who's going to win. That, which is why it's so hard to call. <laughs> it <laughs> because is because these guys are both playing out, you know, outrageous basketball right now, and they're both putting up unbelievable numbers. So that's going to be fun. And as much as I thought this series was not going to be fun, it's turned out to be a great fucking series. You know, dude. As if 2020 hasn't been like literally the worst year in american history right (laughs) especially in the last 50 years in the last 50 years okay that's true uh we lost three people this week we lose the great lute olsen we lost clifford robertson this morning and then in the shocking news with chadwick boseman this morning as well or last night excuse me yeah uh you know, I I loved Clifford Robinson growing up. I post him on our page. Austin, he was often, a great player. Often in our stories, a lot of great stories came out today from former players talking about about Cliff. And it's just fifty five, dude, young guy, cancer. Uh, nobody even knew about Chadwick. You know, that was the most shocking, mm-hmm. right? Lute Olson, unfortunately, has been for, dealing. He's with been it. struggling for a couple of years. I mean, I I do have a quick story about Lute. I went to the University of Arizona. Um, and when I went to visit the campus, uh, was my spring break, uh, of my senior year of high school. And I wanted to, you know, when you go to college, you go check out the campus, see what you think about it. See, check out Tucson, the city that it's in and kind of get maybe a little bit of what life's going to be like if you're living there and going to school. And, you know, the first thing I wanted to do when I got to any campus was check out the fucking gym. I want to go see McHale center Mm. and you know, it's a legendary gymnasium uh my dad actually played in that gymnasium uh for cal state fullerton so we pull up and my i'm with my parents and we get out of the car we're about to walk into the arena and literally as i as i close the car door lute alson's lexus pulls up to my right two spots over to my right and i look in and i'm like i'm like dad that's that's lute olsen <laughs> and uh you know we did we didn't want to bother him right like he's pulling up to the gym he's he's a coach going to work yeah he's gonna go do his thing it's mm-hmm. spring i mean the season probably just ended so he's looking at recruits and uh, spring balls starting soon and all that stuff so we didn't interrupt his day but just kind of waved and nodded and, and he did the same and i took that as a sign i mean especially at that time in my life i wanted to play college ball 
So if the first person that you see on campus is the legendary fucking head it's coach. It's a sign. I should be playing here. It's like I should go. I'm going here. I'm, like, I'm going to be the smart, the starting small forward. Yeah, I almost, I almost pulled a Rudy on him and just like, coach, you know, I just want to say next year I'm going to be here. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to being on the floor. I'll be the ball boy if you, know, you need me whatever to. Whatever it is. I'll be the towel guy. You need some stats. I got you. Whatever it is. Um, but that uh, that was a very special moment for me. And that's, li- I mean, that along with everything else that I saw on campus was the reason I decided to go to Arizona. The girls as well. Well, that, you know, that might have been on the list, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but that was a really cool experience that I had. And unfortunately, like that year, uh, my, my freshman year of 2007, 2008, Luke had to, couldn't, couldn't coach that year. He had to, he had a, a stroke um, and was dealing with health problems. So this was something that was ongoing. And, and what a legend in the sport of basketball Luke Olson was and a great teacher, a great mentor, a great coach, obviously. So very sad, but that one was probably the most expected because he was like 85 or 86 yes, or something like yes. that. Uh, the Chadwick Bozeman one and then the Clifford Robinson this morning, but Chadwick Bozeman, how the hell did he do that, man? Four years of dealing with cancer and just still putting out some of the best performances we've seen across all films. Iconic, like, bro. Iconic. Dude, Black Panther. I mean, he was Jackie Robinson. Like the 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 stuff... The movies that he was in, and and you know, I think that that might be some of the beauty about being an actor is that even if you pass, you know, your your face and your image and your likeness will continue on with these these epic you know films and uh, shows that he made. He died on Jackie Robinson Day, which, which is crazy. Is, it's just the the irony of all of that. Uh, they will be he will be missed. They will all be missed. Yeah, you know what I mean. Definitely. Um, I know that I know that we skipped one series, so I know I know we're starting to close. Oh. We did forget about Boston and Serrano. Mm-hmm. I I don't have a lot to say about this. I, I do think that this is going to be a very tight series. Agreed. Toronto and Boston are very well matched up against each other. I think they both, I mean, you got little guys in, in Kyrie, or excuse me, in, in Kyle Lowry. And you Kemp. hate Kyle Lowry so much. I fucking hate Kyle Lowry. You hate Kyle Lowry so much. I used to love him. <laughs> Villanova Kyle Lowry, I was in. This Kyle Lowry, I don't like him. Uh, um, Mr. Flop. Kyle Lowry and Kemba Walker going head to head. That'll be nice. You're gonna have uh, you know, some really interesting matchups for Pascal Siakam, whether that's Tatum or whether that's Jalen Brown. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course you got Neverskeet Van Vliet running around out there pl- playing his ass off. The fan favorite, obviously. Van, Van Vliet, Vliet has more fans right now than top thirty NBA player. Top thirty. We know this. <laughs> top 30. better than Booker. He is, I mean he's survived longer. If, yeah, he, I, I think he's the best player top. on the team. <laughs> We all, I mean, if people, if you doubt it, then, then I don't know what you're looking at. Um, <laughs> definitely the most, the, the player that looks most like Drake. And I think that is, 100%. that is so awesome. When can Drake come to the bubble? Can he come? I, why would he want to go to Orlando? Oh, he wouldn't. Yeah, he has a fucking right. mansion, like in that's like true. five places. Like, did you see his basketball game the other night where he dropped that little fadeaway? That's jumper? in his house. I know, bro. He's it's, got a full fucking court. It pisses in his house. me off so much <laughs> that people can have all this excess, right? <laughs> and we got it. You know what I mean? We were outside today. We were outside. Drew, Drew has a sunburn for Christ's sake. I do. I do. Okay. I need the fluorescent lights. Yeah, bro. Like I want to play in that gym. It looks like they're good runs too. They had the, the, the game in the background too. Like they were just everything the, about that was cool. I, the one thing I will say is that it doesn't look like people are playing that tough defense. Not on, on Drake. On Drake. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't foul. It's Drake. his house, right? Yeah. You're going to go ahead and let him shoot. That. Yeah. Let, let him have You're that. You're not going to block. That I'm shot. giving Drake buckets right now. If Drake listens to this show, invite us up. Clips and Drew will play you two on two. Whoever you got, you just cannot bring never skeet Van Vliet. Well, the thing about it is if, if, if Drake is listening to this, mm-hmm. I'm a great teammate. 
he's gonna want me on his. You team. don't think he'd want me? No, I don't I'm think drop- he want. Why? Because you're you're turnovers. I am not turnovers. Plus, you already told me earlier today that you retired from competitive. Basketball. I did, but if Drake called me, <laughs> if Drake called me, I'd come out. I'm not all turnovers. You come, you come, you're not all turnovers. No, you're more turnovers than I am. Well, that's because I take risks. I also bro. think Drake is probably a point guard, so I think he probably wants to handle the ball. He would get hezzied so hard. <laughs> that's my point. You want to go head to head with? I want to go head to head. I just get- want to be on his team so I can come back again. Okay, you want to get invited <laughs> back. I want to get I kicked play out. Hard defense. Yeah, I'm gonna get him wide open shots, and I'll knock down my threes as I normally do. Here's the question: If I try to go off the head of Drake, wh- am I getting my ass kicked by security? I think uh, Drake has his security as refs, yeah, so you're just gonna get tackled by three very large <clears throat> security guys. I'm going for one highlight clip for Instagram. That's what I'm going for. If I could throw it off Drake's forehead and get my jumper like normal. Yeah, if that happens, I'm gonna say I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Who is no, this guy? I, I just. I, I know we arrived at the same time, but I had never really seen him. Before I am not I got Drew. Here. I am. I am Brew. My name is Andrew. <laughs> I don't know who this Drew character is that he keeps talking about. Hey, we're gonna come back. Uh, Shit, when, when, when are we coming back? Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Another Wednesday show. Uh, playoffs are on, ready to go. Clippers hopefully can pull this out tomorrow, even without me watching. You know how I'm very... Yeah, I'll text uh, you and I'll let you know how yeah, it goes. Yeah, you definitely will. <laughs> um, shout out to Lou Olson's family, Chadwick Boseman, Clifford Robinson. Uh, it's just more bad news so coming in 2020. fuck this year, yeah, dude. I know, bro. It's just... And it's so crazy. My sister told me, like, hey, I just got your Christmas gift. And I'm like, Nicole... A fucking Christmas gift right now? Are we really talking about this? We're like three days away from September, That's man. what I'm... What the hell is happening, right? Uh, shout out to BasketballNews.com. Everything, it's glitch-free. Check out the site. It's pretty amazing. Your boys, Clips and Drew, are up there, along with James Posey. Really great content. The articles on there are on point. You got to read this stuff. I think it's better than NBA.com, and I think it's giving a run to Bleacher Report right now, and especially they have better podcasts, which includes the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Go subscribe. Uh, check them out. If you're an NBA junkie, you will absolutely love this page. Uh, it's only right that we take them out with Black Panther by Kendrick Lamar. Um, it's perfect for what we're doing right now. RIP to everybody that we, we lost uh, in the past couple days. The follow-through with Clips and Drew. Uh, we're going to be back Wednesday, and we're ghosts. Wakanda forever. King of my city, king of my country, king of my homeland. King of the filthy, king of the fallen, we living again. King of the shooters, looters, boosters, and ghettos popping. King of the past, present, future, my ancestors watching. King of the culture, king of the soldiers, king of the bloodshed. King of the wisdom, king of the ocean, king of the respect. King of the optimistic and dreamers, they go and get it. King of the winners, district and geniuses, we conviction. King of the fighters, king of the fathers, king of the belated. King of the answer, king of the problem, king of the forsaken. King of the empathy and resentment, king of remorse. King of my Enemies, may they fall to feet, I rejoice. King of the skyscrapers, dodging haters, pro religion. Now faces go against them, I erase them with precision. I embrace them with collision. Kings did it, king's vision. Black Panther, King Kendrick, all hell the king. I dropped a million tears. I know several responsibilities put me here. I don't pedal backwards, but I live old fashioned. The lens that I'm looking through won't prescribe you the right glasses. Masses are now free. Ashes I'm dumping out, about to spread all across seas. Sisters and brothers in unison, not because of me. Because we don't glue with the opposition. We glue with peace, but still the fuck up your organization. If any beef, what do you stand for? Are you an activist? What are your city plans for? Are you an accident? Are you just in the way? Your native tongue contradicting what your body language say are you a king are you joking are you a king are you posing are you a king are you smoking ball rocks to keep you open because a king don't cry king don't die king don't like king if our king get by king don't fall kingdom come when i come you know why king 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 i am t'challa